Yeah, I mean, it was a story that initially I wanted to sort of tell once. And then <laughs> next thing, I'm on the project talking about it. And I had to literally, like, do, like, slow-mo running through the park, like, me exercising <laughs> and, like, doing stretches and stuff. And then when I went on to do the interview, I was like, oh, my God, this is, like, my first and probably only ever impression on, like, Australian television. I'm like, Wally, no. <laughs> and they're like, so PJ. And I'm like, well, thank you, Wally. Um, yep. uh. Hello and welcome to this In Conversation episode of Shameless with Polly PJ Harding. If you don't recognise her name, we will bet that you recognise her voice. Polly is one of the leading radio personalities in Australia and co-hosts KISS FM's Melbourne breakfast program, Jason PJ. We sat down with PJ in her beautiful home to discuss life in the public eye, the pressure to rate well in radio and what it's like moving overseas to pursue her career. Here's PJ. First of all, are we calling you Polly or PJ? You can call me whatever you want. We actually had this conversation in the way over. I said PJ, Michelle said Polly. PJ, welcome to the show. Just I'm, go PJ. I'm making the executive decision. Um, welcome to Shameless, though. Oh my God, it's so nice to meet you girls. It is lovely to be here. We were just <laughs> laughing off mic because you told us that you brought a cleaner in before um, we came. So I was telling my teammates at work that you guys were coming around and Jace, who I did the show with, he said, you should get a cleaner stat. And I was like, no, my house is sweet. And he goes, do it. So I did it. Um, hence why I was quite on edge when you guys came around because like, I think I went into a full perfectionist zone and I was like, are you guys okay? Do you want a cup of tea? I've got some candles over there. I've got seven and candles burning. Also, I've got a cold at the moment. And you know when you can't smell when yes. you've got a cold? So I was like, fuck, do I smell? <laughs> So I was just a bit on edge, but I'm calming down now. It's really favorite, good to have you guys here. My favorite thing about when we walked in was you asked us whether or not the heating and temperature was okay, probably three times before deciding you were too sweaty. So we <laughs> you were the one that was sweating. I was like, I'm fine. Are you though? I was like, are we okay here? It's like, it was like a blind date, but for friends. Yeah. I feel it. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I feel it. It's weird to me though that you feel a little bit nervous before this stuff because you are on air every morning mm. for three hours a morning. I listen to you with my boyfriend, Mitch, when we drive to work every day. Thank you. So to hear that you get nervous about podcast interviews and stuff is so surprising. It's in funny. A, in a nice way, in like an endearing no, way. No, people always say that. They get surprised when I get nervous because I think when we're in the studio and I'm with Jace, I'm in this safe bubble and I've been doing it for so long with him now that I just know that we're going to be okay. I could stuff up, he'll say something, and then we'll bounce and I'll be safe. But when I'm by myself or, like, I'm in front of a crowd, I just, like, it, it is kind of foreign. And I always get through it and it's always fine. But, like, I definitely build it up in my head a little bit more. And people are like, you talk for a living. But I think it's just a slightly different environment. We'll no, be totally. And we could totally throw you to the wolves, but we won't. That's fine. Um, <laughs> PJ, we do. Nothing off limits. <laughs> oh my gosh, you are so going to regret that. We start every episode in the same way, and that is, is there anything you are reading, watching, listening to that you would recommend to people listening? Oh, okay. Um, so I am a bit of a, like, not spiritual wannabe, but I do love... A bit of spiritual. A bit of woo-woo stuff. A bit of woo-woo stuff. <laughs> and I think I've got more into it lately because I learned to meditate and now I'm just going pretty woo-woo. But I love Russell Brand um, and his podcast, Under the Skin, and his chat with Brene Brown. Um, and 
He's got a bunch of good chats. Fern Clodden, she's another British radio presenter I really have always loved. And she's kind of gone down that spiritual route where she's got um, a podcast now as well. And, yeah, I just, I really like that stuff. It's so different from what's on our show, but I love it. Isn't that funny? Because I'm not really into that kind of stuff, but it was recommended to us, the interview with Brené Brown by Russell Brand. And I did listen to it. It's slow. It's it's slow slow at the beginning. I have to say, sometimes they are talking about things where I think, okay, I'm actually going to have to go back because I can't work out what tangible thing they're talking about. Yeah, you have to zone in. And if you you kind of turn out for a little bit, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. But then I kind of come back in like, and I think I've got a short attention span sometimes. So, I do. So I kind of, like, even with books, I've got so many self-help books. And I'll just, like, read a few pages and then put it away. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, if you look at I am shelf. looking at your bookshelf right now. It's very <laughs> colourful and bright. And we see some very familiar titles there. There's a few Zoe Foster Blake. Books. Yeah, there's Zoe Foster Blake, Gabby Bernstein. I don't know if she's there. Louise Hay. Um, oh, Mark Manson. Deepak Chopra. Did you um, buy Break Up Boss by Zoe Foster Blake because you had gone through one? No. We actually... <laughs> I think I got given that. Oh. I, I want to read it. I mean, I've never, I haven't been through a breakup recently, but I actually want to read it. Still that. want to read it. Regardless. But going back to that spirituality point yeah. and consuming that content, I do think it's interesting because when people recommend this stuff, I wish they, I wish we all had those disclaimers. Like, I'm not zoned into this the entire time. Yeah. I don't get the whole thing 100% of the and time. And it was a slow start. And yeah. not, it's not always super, super riveting the whole time, but there are little there nuggets. Are pockets. There are nuggets of information or like there'll just be quotes that are said and that totally resonate so pj you said that the spiritual woo-woo side of yourself has only come out recently what about when you're a kid what were you like as a child what did you gravitate towards i think i always wanted to be in the public eye in some arena because i always like cut out cardboard boxes and would pretend i'm on the tv and i want to be like a weather girl <laughs> amazing um i actually originally wanted to be a music um like video host you You're know. not that far from that now, yeah. I guess. Well, I guess not, yeah. Kind of similar. With a girl, I wanted to be a meteorologist. I used to do the same thing. Did you? Yeah, at my nan's house, I used to like make fake um, <laughs> meteorology maps or whatever, yeah. draw them out and then get my nan to videotape me delivering the weather and then delivering the sport report. Really? Oh, yeah. I used to love it. Were you so, creative um, like that? Yeah, yeah. I think I was creative. I remember like... I had this best friend next door and we used to always create restaurants and like make full on menus. Not that it had anything to do with being on TV, but yeah, we'd definitely just live our own lives. I grew up in like a small town. We just, I, like, I can't even remember what we did. I remember we just ran away into the fields, like hang out with the sheep. This is so Kiwi. It's so Kiwi. <laughs> oh my God, I'm really living up to the stereotype. Absolutely. <laughs> like it was peaceful. There was clean air. We all loved each other and sunken by our. Before we jump to the mics, you said you were really close with your family. Yeah. Has that always been the case? Is it like a closeness with your siblings <clears throat> or your parents or literally extended family as well? Yeah, like I was really lucky growing up. My grandmother actually spent a lot of time bringing me up. It was mum and dad where I was really busy that's where the j comes from and pj her name was joe she kind of like fostered this really big sense of family because they'd moved from the uk and so she had her three children and then all us cousins and so we always grew up like siblings um and we'd spend a lot of time together so it was always like really cool we just always see each other every week and stuff like that so i think being away from that i have struggled with especially because my brother's like having babies now and you know it's that next generation but I do get back quite a bit so was that a big decision to move for your job like how did the radio thing come about and then when the station it was Kiss that came to you guys wasn't it and suggested that you should come over to Melbourne 
how did that feel? Was radio a big enough passion for you for that to not even be a decision? It was just kind of like, well, obviously we're going to come to Melbourne. Yeah, well, I mean, like I was away from home. I was in Auckland and my family was in Christchurch. So I'd kind of already made that initial leap. And then when the like word Melbourne came up, we were like, what? Like this is like, we'd never, it would have never been on our radar. And then we thought about it. And the more we thought about it, the more we could not say no. Because it was just such an incredible opportunity. I'd never really had like an end game as to where I wanted to end up. Like I, I never was like, I want to be on this breakfast show in New Zealand. I was kind of like, whatever happens, happens. Follow what feels good. And I'm really glad I stuck to that because, yeah, I've sort of just gone with the flow. And as opportunities have come up, just taking them. If they feel good, go with it. What was and this it? felt good. What was it about radio initially? What, did you always want to get into radio? Did you always want to get into broadcasting? What did you want to do? Yeah, I, like, I think I wanted to be a host of some kind, mainly on TV, but they didn't have a specific TV course. They had a radio course at the New Zealand Broadcasting School and a bunch of people told me that you need, well, you like, learn a whole lot of transferable skills. So if you want to end up on TV, this could be a really good pathway. It was a two-year course and they threw you on the deep end, like you have to run your own station, you have to sell revenue. Like it was full on, like you either sink or swim. And then at that point I was like, I actually really, really love doing this. And like once we got to go on air, it was so fun. It was so much fun. So we did like a mock drive show. Well, it was, it was actually broadcasting art. And yeah, I just really enjoyed it. I scripted everything though. I didn't trust myself. We used to oh do the exact same. If people go back and listen to the first episode of Shameless, which please don't do that. Oh, we say that, is that not just the worst? It is. We scripted the entire painful. thing. We stumbled upon that script uh, a couple of oh months gosh. ago and pissed ourselves because we were like, but this how entire cool is it looking back on that? Oh. Isn't that amazing? Like, well, look at how far you've come. The problem with podcasting, Polly, is that people <laughs> still message us and say, I'm beginning your podcast from episode one and working my way forward. I'm like, You're like, no, don't no, do no, it. No, 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 no. <laughs> do not. Start now and don't look back. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God. But, like, you girls will find that. Like, I think it comes with trust and, like, trusting that you can actually talk and not stuff it up. And if you stuff it up, it's fine. Mm. Totally. <clears throat> but that's the thing about media as well, that you do need such little bursts of luck to even get that opportunity because you can't ever get better unless yeah. someone puts their faith in you. Yeah. Was there someone in the early days who put their faith in you or kind of spotted you and thought she's got something that I can see developing? Well, we – so it was a two-year degree and – like, you can't actually graduate till you do a six-month internship. And there were a bunch of internships going on up in Auckland. It was Rugby World Cup time, so they were looking for a lot of street people out in the Black Thunders. And there were about four or five of us who were sort of in the running. And then we ended up getting the job. But from the get-go, I was like, I want to be on air. And I think people were too scared to sound wanky and be mm. like, I want to be on air. Because, you know, in radio, you do start out in the promo cars you know you are just doing whatever you're handing out free co cans of coke and so I think some people were too scared to actually say the words hey I'd love to be on here well it's a bit narcissistic right like right. sometimes exactly. Zara and I look at each other and we're like holy shit why do we think that a microphone should be in front of our faces compared to anyone else like what do I have to say that's different to another person yeah. but it's true there's like a special kind of fulfillment that you get out of broadcasting yeah right? and so then when I went I got to do um, some entertainment news on the night show and then that sort of just from being keen and being there like I think timing and luck definitely um, and hard work at the time and like you just sacrifice any social life but yeah I think I was just in the right place at the right time. 
I think what a lot of people don't realise outside of the industry is how brutal radio can be and how <laughs> unstable it can be. Mm. I had a sense, but I think the more we've worked in the industry, the more I've been blown away by how thick your skin must be mm. to work in the industry. Did you know that going in or because you think you are so go with the flow and that like maybe because you managed your expectations, mm. it was okay? Yeah, it, I definitely think it used to get to me a lot more. Like when I was starting out, I, I, I definitely care what people think and I hate hurting people's feelings and any sense of negativity, I'd really, like, it would affect me. And then I think it got to a point, and maybe it was when I started working with Jace, which was a few years into it. I was like, I'm going to go crazy if I actually take on board everything I see or every reaction. Like you're never going to please everyone. And I think... When you get feedback, it's so important to take it on from someone, but you kind of curate it to what you want to learn. Like, you're going to get so much advice, right? And someone's going to have so many opinions, but I think you go, okay, well, uh, what do I take out of it? I'm going to take that. And then you kind of move on. And, like, I think you have to trust yourself as well. Is there a way you filter that? Like, I think something Zara and I are starting to develop now is figuring out kind of like a tribe around us or a circle of people that we trust so that if we go to them and say, look, someone's complained about this or someone said that X It's like a moral compass. Yeah, we go to those people and they kind of guide us whether or not it's something we should listen to or something we should just keep going with. Do you have that? Do you have a circle around you where you, they're kind of like your brain's trust? Yeah, yeah, I think, well, I think also the show over the years, we've we've changed, like you, you always evolve and things that we did like three or four years ago, we would never do now. Do you know what I mean? Like because you evolve and I think we all trust each other now and there's there's enough people in our team to kind of get a good broad spectrum of whether something... Like a good gauge. Yeah, good gauge. And also family, friends and boyfriend as well. Mm. What do you mean that it's changed? What has changed? What's something that you would have done a few years ago that <sighs> you now think actually that's so not well, us? Um, like just, I just think the whole kind of... Like you look at the media, it's changed so much. You look at movies now, things that were absolutely normal dialogue then would be like no that's actually not okay and I can't actually think of a specific thing off my head but I do remember like actually getting cut up and going home after days going oh I kind of wish we didn't do that but now I think yeah we we have that safety net going okay this is right no it's not right and yeah like we've got that good gauge do you think you can get away with less these days or it's Um, just changed I think it's just, I think people's tolerance for a-holes is kind of gone, yeah, you know? I have to. I and, sho- like and, and that craving of all publicity is good publicity and shock jocks and all that kind of stuff. I think that kind of era is moving. <laughs> I think as well, it's like we have the ability to forgive someone as well and be able to say, okay, you stuffed up. But if that person continually makes the same mistakes, we're like, actually, yeah. we're not going to Yeah, of course. And people chances. do make mistakes and that's fine. But yeah, you're right. It's about constantly learning from them and being better. Is it a fear that you have? Because even we only broadcast our feelings and thoughts for two hours of the week. Yeah. You do it for what's three times five. Three, and we yeah, edit 15 ours. 15 hours and we edit ours. Mm. Is it ever a concern in the back of your head that you've said something that you'll regret or has that happened to you in the past where you've walked away and gone, fuck, I really <laughs> like minced my words and that wasn't what I was trying yeah, to say. Yeah, like I will come out of breaks and I'll be like, hey, I just said that. Is it? Is that offensive? Or like, oh, should I have said that? And 
you know, sometimes they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, probably not the best. But, I mean, what can I do about it in that moment? And sometimes, you know, it will cut me up, but I've got to be like, you've got to be back on tomorrow and you can't absolutely dwell on it. I used to dwell on it a heap. Um, But I think I've got to a point where, yeah, as I said, like we get in the studio and once you get this sense of trust between you, anything can happen and magic. And I think you trust in that magic to be okay. (laughs) I don't know if that makes sense, but like one of us will stuff up, but we'll cover each other. We'll have each other's back in the moment. Usually. (laughs) I mean, mistakes happen. (laughs) But I think that's what takes away the overthinking and anxiety before every break. Because I'm going to be shit on air if I'm, you know, questioning everything I'm about to say. I have to kind of get into this flow. And then once you get in the flow, just go with it. Totally. That magic between you, Mm. does that make it easier when you get a survey result? For those who don't know much about the radio industry, how many times a year is it? Like six to eight times. Eight times of the year every radio station will have a survey result come out and there'll be like a breakup of audience share and the percentage of what audience Everyone's a winner on survey day. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's what Jay said. Jay said on the Daily Talk Show podcast that I listened to that no matter what the results, the radio station will find something positive. They'll be like, you surveyed really well. You are number one. And people who wear red shirts. (laughs) Yes, 100%. (laughs) How is it? On those days, do you get nervous? Because the results come out at at 9am. I mean, you've probably just finished a full show. Yeah, you Do finish you the show and then they come in. On that um, day? Uh, I went, like, I thought I was immune from the results of survey, especially the first year we were here. I was like, you know, it's going to take time. Then we got to the beginning of the year and I was like, shit, really, like, we should probably be writing better now. And then I actually did it affect me. But then after that, and I realized how much that had impacted me, I was like, this is silly. Like you can only do your best. And if you're going to change the mold to fit other people's happiness and not commit to your show and try and be something you're not, then why are you doing it? Mm. So I, yeah, like the last results we ended up doing better and I actually building up to it. I just didn't let myself overthink. And I think that's the way you have to be not like not care but just not be so attached to the outcome. Well, yeah. it's tricky, right? Because the station had two hosts who had been there for a while leave. It was Michelle mm. and Matt Tilly, wasn't mm-hmm. it? So mm. taking over that audience, did you feel a lot of pressure to retain what you had and then build on it? Because that's quite tricky if it's two new people. Yeah, it's not like yeah you- and, and you're constantly comparing yourself to the character as well. And I'll be like, oh, like people who like Michelle will... I should think I'd probably should say this or like I should have this stance or, but in reality we're such different people and you can never, ever try and be someone else. Cause like, I just, I'd be terrible. And it's difficult because yeah. there'd be and anger it took a while. there. Like the fans of one radio show that's been yeah. axed would then. So I felt like I had to be more mature and I felt like I had to have a really strong Australian accent. Yeah. And then you just get to a point where you're like, well, that's going to sound shit. <laughs> and people can sense inconsistency from a yeah, mile they away. Yeah, and they can sense sincerity and genuineness. Totally. And, yeah, so that took a bit to stop getting distracted by, but, yeah. Coming up after the break, what it's like doing long distance and living completely different lives to your significant other. But first, a word from today's sponsors. Your working relationship with Jace must be incredibly interesting because you work so intensely together and have for such a long time. And I think working relationships 
are some of the most unique that you'll find. Mm-hmm. Walk us through that relationship mm. and sort of how you've cultivated it over the last four or five years. We call it like a work marriage. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my work husband. Um, and when we first started working together, I was so green. I was so new. I just wanted to be like a music host and talk about bloody Taylor Swift's new song. You know, like <laughs> I, I'd never really gone into the depths of talking about vulnerability and like really exp- Exposing, I guess, who I really was and like all my flaws coming out. I'd always tried to be this sort of word perfect radio host. And so when he came along, holy shit, he blew that out of the water. Like <laughs> he was like, boom, out of your comfort zone, boom. And like it was really full on. And so, you know, here's Jace, all these years of experience. Here's me, super new, scared of offending anyone, scared of doing anything wrong. And so we actually had to have quite a few catch ups, particularly when we first started of meeting that middle ground and compromising. And I guess I, it took me a while to be like, oh, I don't I don't like that. Like, I actually feel really uncomfortable doing that. And then he'd say, well, actually, I really like it when you tell me that because then I know where your boundaries are. And so once he knew where my boundaries were and I know where his boundaries are, then it just, again, that, that's where the trust comes in and that's where this crazy fun zone of anything can happen because you're in a safe place. Is he the one that's often bringing the stunts to the show? Because I was looking <laughs> yeah. back on some articles and some of the stunts you've done across the years, not just the marathon yeah, yeah, that you yeah. touched on earlier, but also you guys like running across the street in chicken outfits and oh, yeah. stopping in the middle yeah. of the road while cars beeped you. Yeah. There, is that stuff that he's bringing to the table and you kind of have to be like, okay, yes, I'll do this <laughs> and I want to die. But I, I mean, I look, I'd love to say I'd come, I've come up with a few ideas over the years, but he's definitely uh, been the majority of the idea bank. Um, but that's that's his strength is so creative. He is so good at coming up with ideas. And sometimes I'm like, can I just open your head and borrow some of that? Because I just I can't think like he does in that sense. And that's you know that's one of the strengths he brings. But yes, he'll come to the table with an idea, and sometimes it will require us going, okay, let's just tone that back a little bit, or <laughs> maybe we could do this or that. Um, yeah. It got me out of my comfort zone, but it made me learn you grow so much yeah. when you're uncomfortable. What is it about the two of you? Because there's a big age gap. What, like probably 10 years? Yeah, he's like 50. <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah, it's, that it's, will be the promo yeah. for the episode. <laughs> yeah, he's like 50. No, um, we're about nine years apart. Nine I, years? He's got kids. You yeah. don't have any kids. I, I was listening to his interview and he said mainly the similarities between you you both have similar family scenarios yeah, so your dads are sick right now yeah which which is crazy how that's actually sort of well brought us together in the last sort of few months um which we would never have really um anticipated but he he's the youngest of a whole lot of sisters and I'm the youngest of a whole lot of brothers so I think that kind of um you know sibling brother sister dynamic thing, the yeah. dynamic has actually really helped us because we're used to the opposites. So I think there is, that's sort of what gives it that kind of sibling feeling. Yeah, that's really nice though. And I think it's sort of like you cancel each other out with like older brothers or sisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you are in the public eye and when your entire day is creating content, like three mm. hours of your day is creating live content, mm. how much pressure do you feel like you need to mine your own life for that content? In terms of protecting? Yeah, protecting and, like, I guess divulging. Like, surely there's a line there for you. And do you ever feel like, oh, shit, well, that thing happened on the weekend and we've got nothing else to do, so I'm just going to tell the story? 100%. It's it's quite tricky. Like, 
I'll always take my phone with me and I'll always have my nights open. And I feel like it sometimes because I'll be at a friend's party and then I'll be like, do, 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 do you mind if I talk about this? And like, to be fair, like my good friends understand and if it is a good friend and it puts them in a compromising position, I'll change the identity a little bit or, you know, I'll change the details. You've still got the core of the content, but it's not going to get them in trouble. Um, and in terms of like oversharing, I've probably struggled with that over the years, trying to find the happy medium mm. and being like, oh my God, like, what have I got left for myself? What have I got left for my, like, my boyfriend? Like, you know, I'm just putting it all out there. Um, but I think if you remember at the end of the day, you're entertaining someone, it's content at the end of the day. And it's inspiration that you're using your content. It doesn't have to be real well, like, it is real life, and it is always really like real life, and, like, whenever we talk about things, we talk about it honestly, and we'll bring it up for the first time. So, in that aspect, it is real, but I think you just know your boundaries and your limits. I think the tricky thing as well, when something happens to you, particularly something that's um, deeper or more important or sadder, not yeah. for, like, an entertaining perspective, yeah. it's kind of... In my head, I'm always like, is this actually as bad as it is? Or am I just <laughs> utilizing it for content? So and like, am I kind of <laughs> hijacking myself? <laughs> am I hijacking this happening to me? Like my parents being sick or my parents breaking up or whatever. Am I actually, uh, yeah. I know what like, you're am mean. I trying to turn this into something more or deeper or more poignant than what it actually is in real life? Yeah, like I can connect with all these people. Uh, I th- do you know what? I think... For me, like when I talk about stuff like that, like I opened up about having OCD. I haven't actually had formally diagnosed, but I'm pretty damn sure I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was sort of our way of tackling mental health. I think it might have been um, around our UK day. And so I was like, oh, you know, this is something I've dealt with for years. And then I was like, oh, but I feel like other people are going through so much more challenging things. And I hope I'm not trivializing this whole thing. But I guess I'm sharing my experience. Mm-hmm. And there are some people out there that really do resonate. And and I got so many, well, like quite a few messages from people in that boat and no one else had actually shared that kind of um, anecdotal stuff on the air. So, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, are you kind of dramatizing it and like... Finding meaning where it doesn't have to be there. Yeah. But then the other part of me thinks like there is meaning there in it and those kinds of things affect you because they matter. And yeah. if, I don't know, if it's bringing people together, is that exactly. a bad thing at the end of the day? Like we struggle so much to connect properly these days. If it's going to be over those things, is that a bad thing? One story that sticks out to me yeah. is the gym orgasm story. Oh my and God. And you probably felt like this might have been coming. Yeah. <laughs> what was the thinking behind <laughs> that? Because I remember being stunned and mm. seeing it all over the media mm. last year and be like, wow, I felt like before I had gotten into a radio show, which I wasn't listening at the time and yeah. I do every morning now, I felt like it was a PR stunt. Was it? Well, so it was a true story. It happened. I was like, fuck, this is awkward. And then the thing about my job is when something shit happens in your life, it's actually great for your work because it brings you content. Everything is content. Everything is content. And for those who missed it, it was that you had had an orgasm while working. A corgasm. A corgasm. (laughs) While working with your personal trainer at the gym, which sounds sexual with him. Yeah, and it wasn't. It wasn't. It was just really bloody awkward. So I think I told the story on here and then can't remember but the idea like is we'll always be looking for extensions how can we kind of extend it and some of our ideas go next level ridiculous and so yeah I mean it was a story that initially I wanted to sort of tell once and then (laughs) next thing I'm on the project talking about it and I had to literally like 
do like slow-mo running through the park, like me exercising <laughs> and like doing stretches and stuff. And then when I went on to do the interview, I was like, oh my God, this is like my first and probably only ever impression on like Australian television. I'm like, Waleed, oh my God. <laughs> and they're like, so PJ. And I'm like, well, thank you, Waleed. Um, yep. So, um, so all of a sudden I'm this expert, but I also overdressed because I felt like really promiscuous talking about this. So I like wore this super, <laughs> like super high and it was like midsummer. <laughs> so yeah, that was a really interesting experience, and I think it's something I've learned to accept. Sometimes you're gonna capitalize on content and blow it out, and you kind of have to find the talkability. Um, and there was, I guess, a lot of talkability around it. It was bloody really? awkward. It was bloody awkward, but it was just one of those things. Again, when I'm sort of put out of my comfort zone. You know, what do your just, parents say to yeah. that? Oh, well, my mum used to work in family planning. <laughs> As, what do you guys call it here? Um, sexual health, like oh, um, sexual health. Yeah, she used to work in sexual health, so um, so doing... she was like clapping from the side. She's like, "Well, buddy, yes, it is actually a thing." Blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> I think it's really cool that you know you're um, informing <laughs> young girls that this can actually happen. You know, <laughs> I was like, "Okay, it's a public." And dad's in, the, and dad's in the background. I'm like, "Oh my god!" Then, oh, we we called Sam about it. My brother, the UK. And I'm like, "Fuck!" Just, <laughs> what is my life? So yeah, it was pretty funny the other thing you are quite open about as well on the radio show is your long distance relationships like I have heard you mention it time and time again and I imagine there are boundaries there too Mm. but one thing I also heard you say on Instagram maybe or write on Instagram is that sometimes it feels like you're traveling between two different worlds like your life back home quote unquote Mm. and your life here Mm. walk us through that like what that is like and so it's quite funny so I'll go home to New Zealand he lives on a farm He's like literally the most down to earth Kiwi bloody sheep farmer that you can think of. And I'll go on the farm, just like social media, there's hardly any reception. You're trumping through, like walking through shit and like everything is just like over here. It just feels like it doesn't even exist. Mm. And it's really cool because you're connecting with these farm people and everything is just so low key. And I'm like, it's very wholesome. Like you're walking through the bush and, you know, you're just spending time in nature and then you get on a flight, come back, and then all of a sudden you're driving through the city and these billboards and, like, we're back on our show, which goes to all these people in Melbourne. And it's just, it is, it's kind of like a very drastic. Polar opposites. Polar opposites. Do you like that? Yeah. Is it, like, a I, bit confusing or discombobulating? Or, correct. I, yeah. I think it was very discombobulating for a while. And I think, particularly from halfway through last year, when the adrenaline of moving sort of started wearing off, I felt like I didn't have an anchor. And it was kind of like, who am I? Where am I meant to feel like I'm actually anchored? And so that was confusing. But I think over the last few months, I've learned to just go with it, not worry about the outcomes, just do what I'm doing here. I love it. Do what I'm doing back there. Things will work out in the end. And yeah, some people might need a plan, but for me, it's just not going to work right now. It's really hard because he can't just pack up and leave because it's a family farm. So I don't want to put unnecessary stress on him. Does it get lonely? Ask me sometimes and I'd say yes. Other times, no. I mean, it's quite busy, the job. I, I'm actually quite happy in my own company and I've actually managed to make some really cool friends here. So on the whole, no, but there will be moments where I like, feel really sorry for myself. Living by yourself as well can feel like that. Yeah, but I think it's taught me to grow up. Like I think I've learned so much in the last year and a half, just having to be independent, like actually independent. Is radio a forever job for you? 
Oh, that's a good question. See, when I start, I like, I've, I've never really looked at the end goal. I've kind of just, as I said, gone with what feels good. And I love it. I love this job to bits <laughs> with how things could end up. Maybe not. But for now, like, I definitely see it, you know, going for a while. And maybe I'll end up on a farm <laughs> broadcasting some <laughs> heck show. We'll get you to do, years. like, a farming podcast. Farm podcast. There'll we'll be a niche somewhere. There absolutely will. But just that instability about not knowing maybe what your job will look like in 12 months. Mm. Like, radio is notorious for that. Does that ever stress See, you out? Or it you, doesn't stress me out as much as you not let should. it consume you? I just try and not. I think... I don't know what will be will be. I love my job and I'm so grateful every day. But I know that it could be so short-lived. So I try and make the most of it and have fun as long as I can. You brought up the accent thing earlier about how you wanted to put on a strong Australian accent. And Mm. that really stuck out to me because, I will be brutally honest with you, before I tuned into your radio show and listened, I was like, oh, I don't know if I like the New Zealand accent, which now that I'm saying it sounds so fucking gross but it was like i'm used to hearing australian accents yeah well it, it's, it's like a comfort thing and, yeah. and it's like who's the stranger Did yeah. you and it really that? sticks out so before i moved over i was encouraged to take australian accent lessons and i had to watch home and away episodes and episodes so i started working on it like not even kidding i probably spent a few weeks going and did that and then came over here and tried to apply my learnings, and it just felt so unnatural. Can you try and give us some please, no. please, just I something cannot. a little? Can you say thank oh, you? Oh, Tanya, listening. give me the eggs. That <laughs> 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 was so bad. See, this is why I didn't stay. Yeah, why you do. You, 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 like <laughs> you stay doing you. <laughs> was it tricky for them to tell you? Look, you probably need to get some Australian vocal training or something along those lines. Was that kind of like? Oh, a bit um oh like for me did I find it hard oh I understood I totally understood because I remember when Jace came over there a few people going oh oh Aussie accent that's a bit harsh but they got used to it and it all of a sudden it became so irrelevant so I think I was aware of it at the beginning and I really tried and I still I know it's my ease my eyes like if I say I say kiss and it's meant to be kiss (laughs) I can't even say it. Jeez. $60,000. Like, I can't do it. So I just say it really quietly. No, you're fine. How do you go with the crazy hours? I know that lots of people say that it can play quite a toll on your health. And, like, of course you did that insane um, marathon where you broadcast for 56 hours without breaks as well. Yeah. How do you go with that if you're waking up at 4 a.m. in the morning and your work day looks completely different to probably all of your loved ones' work days? Mm. I found it really hard um, for a bit. And then I was like, no, actually, it's okay. And then I just started getting really tired, like actually like so exhausted and really waiting for the weekend, like holding out for the weekend. And I'd never been one of those people. I was like, nah, weekday, cool. You should love your job. But like I was just so tired. I was just like, come around Friday. Even though I'm not working that long, but it's just getting up in those hours messes with your head. So that's literally what forced me to try meditation because I'd, Talk to a couple of people and they're like, that will help with your exhaustion. Do it two times a day. And I was like, that sounds like so much effort. <laughs> like that's 40 minutes that oh, I could be sleeping. And they're like, trust me. So I went and did this course and the jet lag feeling I had is gone. Oh. And I look forward to it. I get up 20 minutes earlier, but I'm so much more energized. So what does that look like then in the morning? What yeah. time are you waking up? Four and o'clock. What, 4 a.m. I come up to that meditation chair in the morning. Oh, I'm sitting on the meditation chair. Oh, you got, you're on the little... Ottoman. I'm yeah, glad. Ottoman. Otherwise, that air is going to be ruined <laughs> for tomorrow morning. <laughs> no, it's fine. 
So I'll do that and then um, it'll be like 25 past four and then I will make a coffee and then go on my computer, look at, just to check nothing else is broken overnight because I'll send off my prep the night before and then get changed. I'll normally have a shower the night before. Um, and then, yeah, leave at about 10 to 5, okay. 5 to 5. When is the actual content for the show planned? Is that after? So say you just recorded a show this morning. Mm. Do you then have meetings to plan the next show and the content on yeah. that? So normally after every show we'll be like, okay, guys, let's look ahead to tomorrow. And there'll be some segments that we'll record after the show. Like we do a Mama Don't Lie where we talk to footy players' mums. Um, we talk to Jason's dad, you know, things like that. We'll record after the show sometimes secret it's all love <laughs> and so yeah like if there's big content pieces we'll kind of like stick out those big things and we'll have our daily segments so that kind of fills out a bit and competitions where we're giving away money and whatnot and then we'll have like a list of our personals so like personal chats and we'll collate them every day every day well like over the holidays i'll get quite a big list but then the further you move away from it the less connected you are to the story of course so it gets quite difficult there <laughs> And then you're like, oh, I need stories. <laughs> Tony, by the way. Someone do something yeah. crazy and fucked. <laughs> you know what? Next time Michelle does something really annoying at work, I'm just going to text it to Please. you and message it to you and be like, run it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then, like, the producers will have those banked away and then they'll sort of plant them going, okay, we can do that there, blah, blah, blah. And then at night, I'll send off my stuff between, like, five and eight or whatever. And then we'll pitch the next morning the meeting. And then if new stuff has come through... And we do that by like 5.30. What's your favourite thing about what you do? I I love chatting with people. I love the energy you get from people um, and meeting people and being able to connect with people and make people laugh. I think I've always really wanted to make people laugh and make them not feel like they're alone. Well, I think the role that you play on that show as well is so beautiful in that way in that you do so unashamedly adopt this like awkwardness like the self-deprecatingness which is well, super I'm, endearing well too. I sort of struggled because I always wanted to be a funny person on the radio and then I'd look at other people and they were always kind of having fun at other people's expense and I never really felt comfortable with that like I was never good at that and so I learned for me it worked to just take the piss out of myself <laughs> I guess, and I've kind of grown up with that with older brothers and I've kind of always fallen into that natural role. Mm -hmm. So then when Jace came along, it just, again, was like a natural fit. Lots of people listening to this would probably look at you and think that you are the epitome of success in the field that they probably aspire to. We have lots of young journos and people studying media. media. Mm. What does success look like to you? Do you feel successful? What do you aspire to? Mm. See, for me, it's finding a healthy balance between work-life, and personal life and I don't know I like I could say happiness but that sounds really corny but I think you have having satisfaction with what you do in your job however you measure that and for me it is like getting to go to work and laugh and smile and be challenged on a daily basis for me that that is what I'd call success is it being famous and having lots of money no and I've never measured it like that and I get scared when I think about the potential effects of what a role in media can end up like. It, like, it genuinely terrifies me. I was so scared to move to Melbourne Breakfast for that reason. I was like, I don't want to change. Fame? Fame, particularly. Does fame terrify you? Yeah. Why? Um, I just, like, you look at it on a big scale and you look at, like, even I was just listening to Lena Dunham um, talking to Russell Brand talking about, like, why did they ever did they ever want to actually be famous? And then, like, when they got to it, 
how horrible it is. Yeah. Like it's just such a mind F. And people think it's this thing that they want to be, but like what what actually I just still can't pinpoint the glamour and what it no. would be. Like I can't look at any famous person and think they must really enjoy that. Yeah. It's just the fact that it comes with a job maybe they love. Yeah. Is that what it is for you? Like you love your job so much that it's enough that if people are going to recognise you or know yeah. who you are, then that's fine. Bonus. Great. Yeah. Amazing. And like, yeah, it's about connecting with people, but not on a level that, I don't know, I just think it can get really unhealthy. Totally. What is next for you? I know you say, I don't want to plan ahead, I don't have plans, (laughs) but what is, like, what are you Mm. looking forward to? Mm. In life or work? You know what? Do it. You take (laughs) this how you want. Um, I'd love for the show to do really well here in Melbourne and from there, I don't know, do some projects whether it's focusing more on solo stuff, because I think since we've come here, we have just solely focused on the show. So opening up to, I mean, I've always <laughs> wanted to write a blog, but that is so 10 years ago now. Everyone's <laughs> doing podcasts, like catch up, PJ. Yeah, it's podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> like I just got a domain name. But I was like, okay, time to start the blog. You're just a little bit late. So I don't know. I I would really love to explore the spiritual side a little bit and not be too woo-woo and like alienatingly woo-woo. But go down that route in some way. Like the wellness arena really interests me to a degree, even though I know it feels like maybe that's been done. And it's like we need to go back five years. I know. Things <laughs> <laughs> like my like, hopes and aspirations. Start a wellness podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Jump on it now. <laughs> but I'm not even curve. an expert in that arena. I'm just really fascinated. And I'm just interested. Maybe you need like an interview show with you and wellness experts. Maybe. Maybe we can make it. Shameless. <laughs> We're literally thing. just throwing the idea <laughs> Amazing. Now everybody else is just going to grab it. PJ, thank you. Thank you for being such a delight. Thank you for getting your fucking cleaner. <laughs> you are welcome. And for the world's warmest house too. It's we loved warm. having you on. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this In Conversation episode of Shameless with PJ Harding. If you loved PJ as much as we do, go chuck her a follow on Instagram at PJDJ. DJ is D-E-E-J-A-Y. You can find us at Shameless Podcast or, of course, in the Facebook group Shameless Podcast Community. That's all for today, guys. We will be back in your ears on Monday. This episode of Shameless was brought to you by Clinique ID, the custom blend moisturizer. Hydrate and treat your skin with 15 combinations. Oh, hi. It's Annabelle Lee and Louis Hansen here. We are your hosts of Everybody Has a Secret. Woo! Woo! We are here essentially just to let you know that we drop episodes every week. Now, every damn Friday morning, we are in your ears. That is so exciting. What a time <laughs> to be in your ear holes. So essentially, <laughs> each episode, we unpack the real life secrets of our listeners. So this is for everyone who loves, you know, just a little bit of gossip in mm-hmm. their lives, which let's be real, Annabelle, is all of us. It's absolutely all of us. Don't lie. You all love gossip. So if you want to listen to our show, please do head to your favourite podcast app and listen now. See you there. Bye.